The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Babakama has been generously sponsored in our Dafyumi program by our good friend and patron and charter member of our Dafyumi class, Siyahu Ashar HaKohen and his dear wife, Rina, that Dazat Hashem, they will have continued Hatzlacha, Harvacha, Bechol, Maaseh, Yedehem, Biriut, Health, Happiness, Prosperity, and much Nachat from their children. May they enjoy many years of Shalom, Bayit, uh, Tranquility, and Peace of Mind. Amen, Amen. Daf Samek Bet. Today's Daf is being studied by Lunishmat Marad Zikanati, Yafa Batzara, Lunishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Begin Aiden Amen. Today's daf is being studied in Fuas Shilema, Moshe Ben Dina, Natan Ben Shulamit, and the Fan of the Hem, for the Nefesh, or for the Goof. Urfu Atam Kerobarabo, the King of the Song of Omar, Amen. We begin today's daf on Samech Bet, Amud Rishon, and we are seven lines down. We are in the We're in a Braita. The Braita says like this. Lehagdish Hittin. Vehigdish Seorin. Seorin. So the case over here is, let's say a, um, a person allowed his friend to bring into his field a stack of Hittin. And instead of bringing Hittin, he brought in Seorin, Bali. So the Hadush in this case is not such a Hadush. And then what happened? Then the Bali got eaten. Or he didn't take care of the Bali, or he burnt it. Let's say the fire came and burnt it. So the deed is he has to pay for Seorin. That's an obvious case. He gave him permission for Hittin, he brought in Seorin, he damaged Seorin. So he has to pay for Seorin. There's really not too much Hiddush in that first case. Se'urin v'higdish hittin. Now this is a Hiddush. He gave him permission to bring in Se'urin, Bali. And instead he brought in wheat. And then the fire came and let's say damaged the wheat. He's patur, he only has to pay for Bali. Because you could say, I only accepted upon myself a shemira for Bali which is not that uh, expensive as Hittin. And therefore, since I accepted upon myself a lower Shemirah, I don't have to pay now that you brought in Hittin. Hittin, let's say he told the guy, I accept upon myself, I'll let you bring it to my field, Hittin. But he covered the Hittin with Se'udin. So on the outside, it looked like Se'udin, Bali. So in this case also he only has to pay for Se'urin. Because he says on the outside it looked like Bali. That I know that there was Hittin inside. Se'urin, v'chipan v'chitin. The opposite case. Let's say he told the guy, let's bring in Se'urin, Bali. V'chipan v'chitin. And he covered the barley on the outside with Hittin. Doesn't matter. He could say, I, I, I told you I'm going to watch Se'urin for you. And even though you brought in... Uh, Seorin that are covered with Hittin, the deen is, She'enu mishalem elad demeseorin bilvad. In all these four cases, they have the same ruling 
only demes orim bilvad. Look at that sheet. Third line. Hatin v'chayfan b'sorim. He told the guy, I'll let you bring him to my field, Hatin. So the guy brought him Hatin. However, he covered them up on the outside with Sa'urin. You gave me permission for Hatin. So what do you want? I saw Sa'urin. So therefore, I watched it according to what I saw on the outside. The basic rule of this Vraita is. Sa'urin are less expensive than Hatin, and uh, the Shemira is a less of a Shemira. So, in any of the four cases, which let's review them, the guy told him he could bring in uh, the first case was Lagdish uh, Hatin. Don't bring in Hatin, please. No problem. He brings in Sa'urin. Okay, then it's high up for Sa'urin if he damaged them, because that's what he sees in front of him, that's what he watched. Or let's say the second case is talking about. Where he told him to bring in Sa'udin, he let him bring in and he wore in Hatin. I accepted upon myself to watch Sa'udin, I didn't accept upon myself to watch Hatin. Therefore, I only have to pay for Sa'udin. Or the third case is talking about where he said Hatin and he covered it with Sa'udin. Even though I accepted upon myself Hatin, but when I saw Sa'udin on the outside, so I didn't watch it as much. Or the opposite case where Sa'udin, Lechaifan <laughs> Hatin, where he said Sa'udin, he covered it with Hatin. So he said, I only accept the problem myself, Sa'udin. So therefore, I'm going to have to pay the Mesh Sa'udin. Those are the four cases. They have the same deen in the end of the day. The Shomer, or the one that allows him to bring it in, only has to watch or pay for the Mesh Sa'udin. Good. Comes the Quran and says, Amarava. Similarly, Hanotin dinar zahav isha. A guy gives a golden coin to a lady. The Amar lai tells her, Listen, be careful, he tells the lady, it's silver. You give her gold, he tells her, be careful, it's silver. Now, he's giving it to her to watch. It's not hers. She's a shomerit. What did she do? And she went and she damaged it. Mama, she damaged She took it, she threw it in the river. So the Torah says, "Mishalemet dinar zahav." In that case, she has to pay gold. Why? She thought it was silver. Mishum the amala may have elich gabe the azakte. What do you have against this coin that you damaged it? Which means here she went and she mamash damaged it biyadayim. So when you go damage something biyadayim, so what do I care what you thought it is? Bottom line. It's not that you didn't watch it correctly. You, 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 went, you damaged it directly. Now you're going to have to pay me for what it really was. In the other cases that we learned in the last Vraita, we're talking about cases where you didn't mamash, damage the item directly. You weren't careful in your ish, let's say, and the fire went out and uh, uh, damaged it indirectly. Mashaik, let's say, in the previous case. Let's say a case where you let the guy bring in Hitin. Uh, uh, Right? And then uh, he brought in Sa'udin uh, and he covered it up with Haitin. And he went and Mamash Biyadayim burnt it. In all those cases, you'd have to pay Haitin. We're talking about in the last Brayta where you did it indirectly. Mashaykh and this lady over here, you gave her a coin to watch. So when she Mamash Biyadayim damages it, so now what, what, what's the difference if I told you it was silver or not? You were Poshayah Biyadayim. You should have watched the coin. 
and not uh, been uh, uh, poshat by damaging it in such a way. <laughs> but the Gemara says, Pashabo but if she was posheya in the sense where she didn't watch it correctly and something happened to it, then she has a claim. Then she can say the amra le netiruta de kaspa kabili alai netiruta de daba lo kabili alai. She could say I thought it was silver. I accepted upon myself shemira of silver. I didn't accept upon myself shemira of gold. So there's a difference if she actually destroys it with her hands. Then the guy says, what's the difference what it was? You shouldn't destroy it. What did you, what did you have against the coin? If we have to pay gold. If she didn't, if she just wasn't careful to watch the item and something happened to it, she could then say, I gave it a shemira for what I thought it was. I thought it was silver. So I watched it according to silver. Did I know it was gold? You didn't tell me. Therefore she only has to pay silver. Says, uh, you have this Braita uh, in the name of, or you brought it down from the name of Rava, or you're learning this statement, I should say, in the name of Rava. Rava is the one that said the case of the lady that gave uh, got a coin. You learned it in the name of Rava. Anan We have it actually from a mamasha Braita. We don't need Rava's statement. We have it from a mamasha Braita. What does the Braita say? Haitin v'haifan b'saurin. Our case we just brought. Haitin v'haifan b'saurin. What happened? The guy brought in haitin and he covered it up with saurin. So on the outside it looked like saurin. Saurin v'haifan b'saurin. On the opposite. He brought in saurin and he covered it up with haitin. Ehenu mishalem ehenu dameh saurin bilvad. Why? Alma amar leni tiruta de saare kabili alai. Achename amra leni tiruta de daba lo kabili alai. Just like in the case of the Bali. The guy comes along and says, I gave you a bitch to bring barley. So I accepted upon myself, barley. So therefore I'm only paying you barley. Similarly with the case of the lady. I accepted upon myself a shemina of silver, which is less than a shemina of gold. If I'm only paying you silver. So he says, that, that story of Rava, we don't need it. We have it from a blighter. Amar Rav, Rav said, Shama'it milta de Rabbi Yehuda. I heard a Hidush or Halakha regarding the Yehuda's deen. The Biudah's deen, you remember we learned in the Mishnah, is that Tamun is Hayav Ba'ish. The Biudah held that not only are you Hayav to pay for the stalks, which everybody holds that, but if the guy hides something under the stalks, even if it's not an item that's normally hidden under the stalks, that's called Tamun. The Biudah said Tamun is Hayav. So now, Rav comes along and says, I heard a Hiddush on that Halakha of the Biudah, but I forgot what the Hadush was. Amar Shmuel, You don't know Abba, that's what they called Rav, they called Rav Abba. He says, you don't know what you heard? What the Hadush, what you heard is, is the Biudah that says, that Tamun is Hayab Ba'esh, Asu Takanat Nigzal Be'isho, they made the takana of the nigzal, of the one that was stolen, in ish. What is this takanat nigzal? So look at Rashi. Asu takanat nigzal. See, it's uh, towards the bottom. Asu takanat nigzal be'isho. 
כי איך היא דתקנון הבנן נגזל להישבע כמה גזלו ויטול דתנן במסכת שבועות אלו נשפעין ונותנין השכיל והנגזל כך תקנו באישות שישבע מה התמין ויטול רגל הדין, הגי גט סטולן גודס So he has to swear that those items were stolen from him before they give it to him back. He has to make a shivua, what he, what, he, what, he, what he got stolen. Similarly, a guy that has, let's say, a field, and he put his wallet in his field. Okay, on the field we see it's obviously got burnt. Now he comes along and says, that, by the way, there was a wallet uh, under there, I want to get paid for my wallet. So they made takanat nigzal. Swear that your wallet was underneath the uh, field. Once you swear, then the, gaza, the, 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 the mazik has to pay for the wallet. Which is, you don't just trust him when he says there was a wallet in there. Ella, he has to make a shivua. It's a takana of takanat nigzal. Okay, he has to make the shivua. So Gevara says, Ba'e amemor. Asu takanat nigzal b'moser olo. A moser is somebody that goes to the government and he... Uh, he tattles on a person and therefore causes the government now to take and possess his assets. So now he goes to Betin against the Moser. So he tells the Betin, listen, as a result of this guy's misirut, they took uh, my assets. So the She'ela is, do we make the fellow swear on the assets for the Moser now to repay him? Do they make takanat nigzal by a Moser? Does he have to swear? Listen, as a result, the government st- took from me A, B, C, D. Betty will tell him, make a shivua. And then the Moser has to repay him. So the Shiloh, did they make that takanav shivua by a Moser? Which means, in this case over here, the Moser is really a gorim. He really didn't do it directly. He went, and as a result of what he did, so in Bavel, uh, they weren't dan dine garme, which means really it's like a kanas of some sort, because he really didn't do it beyadayim. So therefore there's no she'ela. Because was according to the opinion that says, we're not uh, dan a malshin case, because really it's only a gerama bin zakin. So therefore... Uh, there's nothing to talk about. He didn't mazik be'adayim. So really we're not able to even judge the case bichlal. So the question is only according to the opinion. Oh, but according to the opinion it says no. Then this case over here, betin will obligate him to pay. Because it's a little more than a regular gerama. Because he actually went be'adayim to the government and he actually did like a ma'aseh of some sort. So according to that opinion that says, Yedan dina de garme, Asu takanat nekzabim asu de meshtabah veshakil olo, That's the she'elah, Gemara answers that, Tiku, That's something you have to wait for the Yawanavi, In order to answer. Now the Gemara brings another story. Yahu gavrat de batash bechaspeta de chavre. You have a fellow, he had a kaspeta. Kaspeta is like a, uh, a vault. Okay? What did he do to his friend's vault? He took it, shadya benahara, and he threw the vault, the closed vault, into the river. So the guy comes, hey, I had this and this amount of money in the, uh, in the vault. I want to get paid. So did they make the guy swear 
in this case, what he had in the vault to get paid. Right? That was the she'ela, which means for sure the mazik is going to have to pay over him. Because bottom line, that's not, that's not a grama. When you took the, the vault and you actually threw it into the, to the water, so therefore you damaged him over Even though he didn't know what was inside of it, you can assume that the vault has in it uh, property, in assets. So the vaday is going to be the question is over here that we didn't know the shi'ud of the nezik. We didn't know what was inside the kaspeta. Uh, so therefore the chaurai has to swear what was inside. So we know exactly uh, how much uh, he has to pay. So the question is over here, we'll see, does he really have to swear in this case? Why? So the Yabra says, Isn't this our Mishnah Ditnan? Umodim Hachamim Rabiuda Bemadlik etabira Shemishalim Kol Mashabetoho Shekin Derik Bene Adam Lahaniyah Babatim. Which means in this case over here. Remember the case of Hakamim. Hakamim say, Tamun Ba'esh Patur. Masha'ekir, if you go burn a guy's house down, you mamash mazik biyadayim, then you have to pay also for what was inside the house. Because you've got to know that what? Inside the house is going to be items. So similarly over here, and what? And they'll make a shivwa. I had this and this and this in the house. So similarly over here, uh, you got to know that there's something in this uh, vault. So therefore, uh, you got to make a shlana, make a shivwa, what he had in the vault. And therefore he'll, uh, he'll pay. The, the ganav has to pay. The mazik has to pay. You're right. If the guy's claiming that there was money in the vault and he's willing to swear, I have no problem because it's normally to put money in the vault. I have no problem with that. Oh, here he's saying there were pearls in the vault. So the question is, my. Does a person normally put pearls in such a vault or not? Is that considered the the uh, the derech? Which means we're not mistaken on the actual takana. Which means there's no question on the regular case of money, which is normal. Sure, let him swear that there was ten thousand dollars in the vault, and then the guy who was mazik would have to pay the ten thousand dollars. And the question over here is: Is he neeman on a shivua? Of something that's not normally placed in the vault. Now, when he comes along and says there was uh, there was pearls. Oh, so comes the and says that's already a tiku. Yeah, which means to sheila. The way he explains over here is Even though they made a takana of nigzal. For example, when the guy according to biuda on the field. He has Tamunis Chayav. Guys, I swear there was a wallet in there. You know, a wallet is not common, but uh, they made such takana, and he's believed. Oh, so Rabbi Ashi was Mr. Pekhontra Hachamim. Because the Hachamim, they said in the field, Yepatur and Tamun. And they said, what? When you burn the actual field itself, you only Chayav on things that are common. That's what we learned on yesterday's that. That Rabbi Hachamim had three, sheet, three opinions, or three dinim. When you're burning from your field, going into somebody else's field, that tamun is patul gamre. When you're burning in somebody else's field directly, then already hayav and tamun, but only things that are normal to, normally to be tamun. And then when you're burning the guy's house. So also the Gemara's holding that only things that are normally in the house, or normally in the field. So therefore, when a guy takes a kaspita, and he throws it into the, into the river, 
So if it, he's claiming money, money's normally to be in there, let him swear how much money was in there, no problem. But now that he's swearing on something uh, that we don't know if it's really common for Marganiyot to be in the uh, in the, into the Kaspeta, so then already we have a She'ilah. But according to me, that wouldn't be a question. Because we would have Yachayav even on things that are not uh, that are not normal, like an Amniki. But She'ikin according to Achemi, that's the only Chayav on Tamun that's uh, normal. So therefore, the question is, on the Kaspeta, would he have to make a Shivu'ah? Would a Shivu'ah help in this case or not? Because really the She'ilah is, is it common to put these items in the Kaspit or not? Amar Rav Yemar <laughs> we said, you burn the guy's house down, so you have to pay for whatever's in the house. So now the guy comes along and says, there was a silver goblet in my house. So now he wants to swear, uh-huh. well, he has a claim like that, the question is, my, do you believe him? Which means, is he Ne'eman to make a swear that he had a silver goblet in the house? We see, if he's a rich guy, he would have such a type of kesef. Always an honest guy. That people would give him collaterals to watch. So therefore either it's his or it's given to him because he's an honest guy. So people are giving it to him to watch. Then already let him make a shivuah, and he gets uh, he gets the cup. But if he's not a rich guy, and he's not known to be an honest guy, that people would give things to him, then already laugh kol kemine. He's not ne'eman to make a shivuah on such a uh, expensive item to take it. So Kanareh, it seems that these, this type of shivuah has to be a shivuah that's ragil. That makes sense. Just like above. Shivwa and money in a vault, that's already logical. Jewelry, we will miss the pick. Kesef in the house, depends who you are. If you're a guy that we could ascertain you, that you could have such an item for whatever reason, then the Shivwa already will believe you. But if you're not a guy that uh, we could ascertain that would have such an item, this expensive item, then you're not the Imam. There's two types of thieves. One guy is called the Gazlan, and one guy is called the Hamsan. What's the difference between them? A Gazlan takes something, he just grabs it, he doesn't pay for it. A Hamsan, he takes an item, but he pays for it. Which means he pressures you, but then you sell it. He paid you, but he pressured you. You call a guy a thief? He paid money. It really means if you took a guy and you hung him, hung the guy up, and you made him sell the item for you, so therefore the sale is a sale. Even though you pressured him, even though you hung him up there, I'm not bringing you down until you, until you sell. So it's a sale. Why do you call that guy a uh, Hamsan? So the Abbas says, like Hashia, If you pressure a guy, at the end he says, oh, I want, Rotsayani. Then the sale is a sale, it's not considered anything. But Sha'ain came and you hung the guy in the tree, and you forced him and he gave the money, he just gave the money to get down. Which means he was under pressure, he never said Rotsayani. 
Then the way that's considered a hamzan. Hamzan is a form of stealing. Just you paid money for it. But bottom line, he didn't want to sell it. And he never even said to Ani. After a while, he pressured guys, you know what? It's good. Uh, okay, fine, I agree. But if a guy never said to Ani, so then he's a hamzan. What's the difference between a hamzan and They're both thieves. And one guy pays for his thievery, and one guy does not. Right? It's a form of extortion. Will you pay? Comes the next Mishnah. Gets. Gets is a spark. What happened? The blacksmith, as he's banging away with his, uh, with his hammer, so what happened? A spark came out of his uh, hammer and damaged somebody else, so he's going to be hayav to pay, which means, let's say, the spark hit pishtant. It hit flax or something like that, and as a result, it burned and uh, damaged something. <coughs> so the guy that uh, hit with the patish is hayab because uh, he should have been careful that his spark does not go out and damage. <coughs> Which means he's got to calculate, even if it damaged outside. That's what we're talking about. The guy's walking in the street with his pishtan, suddenly he walked by the guy's floor, <coughs> spark uh, came and uh, uh, burnt the guy's flax. So you have to know that when you're banging on your uh, your your, your uh, blacksmith work, that you have to be careful that you're far away enough that the spark is not going to go down damage into the shoot. How to be okay? Gamal. We had this case several times. Gamal shayat taud pishtan ve'avar b'shoot tarabim. He had a camel. Has a flax on it. It's walking in the shoot tarabim. Ve'nichnas pishtanul to chachanut. He got so much uh, uh, flax on his back. The camel. The flax went into the store of the Balabai. What happened? There was a candle in the store. The candle lit the flax of the camel. And now, as a result, burnt the store down. Who's Chayav? Balagamal. Because who, you know, who told you to fill up your camel so much? That's what you're for. However, the other way. If the Hanvani put his candle outside, the Hanvani is Hayav. Because you put your candle in the Shutra beam. Now you cause the camel to light up his flax, therefore you cause the building to get burned down. You're guilty. Where should you put your candle in the street? However, the Biudaumir, Benir Hanukkah, Patur. Why? Because then he has the Shutra Mizrah. Nir Hanukkah is allowed to put it in the Shutra Mizrah. That's where you put the Nir Hanukkah. So therefore, if he died in the Shutra Mizrah, he's going to be Patur. So now the Gemara explains. We can learn from the Yehuda. That it's a mitzvah to put the Ner Hanukkah low, with intent to fahim of the ground. Where do I learn that from? How in the world do I see from the Yehuda that it's a mitzvah to put the Ner Hanukkah low? Says, because if I'm allowed to put the Nir Hanukkah higher than 10, Amai Amar Biyuda Nir Hanukkah Patur. Let the uh, camel uh, driver or the camel owner say, I'm not paying uh, for the damages over here. You should have put your Nir higher than the camel and its rider. Ella from the fact that the Biyuda is saying that the Baal is Patur, if he put it out for Hanukkah, that means 
he was allowed to put it low. If he was uh, 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 able to put it higher, so he should be hayav. Because the Baal Gamal Katab, who told you to put it so low that it's going to hit my camel? You're right, Nir Hanukkah. Put it higher. Ella must be, we see from Nir Hanukkah, it's a mitzvah to put it less than 10 tefahim. That's why the guy in the camel cannot say you should have put it higher than the camel and its rider. Right? Ella loves Shmat Minah, mitzvah, lani ha, betok, asaram. Amre lo. No. Really, I'll tell you, you can put the Nir Hanukkah to fulfill the mitzvah, even above 10 tefahim. My amat, oh, you had a claim. You can tell me the camel guy didn't you tell him, okay, if you can put it higher, you should put it higher than, the, uh, than, than my camel, so it shouldn't have uh, came in contact with it. Kevan the mitzvah kaasik. Since he's involved in a mitzvah, the rabbis weren't matriachim so much. I'm doing a mitzvah. But well, now I got to start wearing it. Take a ladder now and put my menorah on top of the top of the place over there so I don't have to worry about the camel. Mitzvah! He can come back and say, Listen, I'm doing a mitzvah. It's not stamina light over here. Therefore, the rabbis is not matriachim to go do such a tirha. Uh, and therefore, if they're going to matriach a guy so much, he's not going to do it. So they don't want to start inconveniencing a guy and say, well, you can light him in around the Shutra beam, make sure you put it uh, 38 tefahim high, so it doesn't hit a guy, don't be favored, it's, it's, it's not worth it. So, as the Shutra Mitzvah, therefore he has no problem. Kabbalah Gavran concludes and says, Amar Avkana, Darash Rav Natan Bar Bin Yomi, Mishemeh Rav Tan Hum, Ner Hanukkah, Shiniha Lema'ala Me'asrim, Amar, Hanukkah that was uh, placed above 20 amot, right? No good. Like a sukkah, that's 20 amma high, is no good. And like a mavui. Mavui is the, uh, is the lehi and the korah that you put in front of the shuta uh, rabim in order to remind the people that this is a private domain and they're going into a public domain. Also, if you put a 20 amma high, no good. Let's review the reasons for all three things, all the same reasons. Ner Hanukkah, the whole reason why you're lighting it is for Tresumanis. Tresumanis is something I could see. But people don't walk in the streets like this. And therefore, 20 amma high, people are not going to see the, the Ner. So therefore, Ner Hanukkah above is no good. Similarly, a Sukkah. Sukkah, the whole mitzvah is what? You have to know you're sitting in a sukkah. When the schach is too high, so you don't know you're sitting in schach. You can't see the schach. Therefore, you don't know the mitzvah. Similarly, in Mavui, the whole thing is for Hekir. So I see the poles, so I know not to walk out and carry three shut rabim. But I got to see it. But if it's too high, it's not noticeable. So the rabbis gave a shiur of 20 amot. Look at the top tosafot. We saw this tosafot in the second sukkah as well. We learned by Erubin, it says, if you have a mavui that's 20 amma high, what do you do with it? Yema'it, lower it. Good? And the Gemara says that in rabbinical laws, we're going to tell you how to fix it. 
So similarly, Ner Hanukkah is a rabbinical law. So it should have said, Ner Hanukkah, Shinichal, Emana, Mechafama, Nimaret, lower it. I mean, I understand by Sukkah, Sukkah is the Uraita. So you're telling me, Pesula, Pesula, no good, the Uraita, fine. But by the Banans already, you gave me the way to fix it. Haraya, by Mavui. Mavui, you said, Yimaret. So say the same thing by uh, Hanukkah. How come the Gemara doesn't say Yimaret? Beheshlomar. Okay, because once we put sukkah in the mix, so therefore we said pesula to cover all three. You're right, if we were just discussing rabbinical cases, we would have said, Because it's rabbinical cases. Once already we threw in sukkah, which is a doraita, therefore we use one nashon, Pesula for all three. Because the writers, we, we want to use a strong language. In a meh, lefisha yasarik laarik benashon vadamar yechabe viyemaet viyazor viyadlik. The lemaet kemoshaya mudeket dosagi. Oh, so Tosfot says another answer. It's not going to help you to say yemaet. Why Hanukkah? Why? Because we hold hadlaka osa mitzvah. That the main mitzvah is what? The lining it in the right place. So it's not going to help you to take the Ner Hanukkah that you lit above 20 and lower it. You're going to have to extinguish it, lower it, and relight it. That's already too many words to say. So we just said Pesula. It's not enough to be Mimet. By the Mavu, you can be Mimet. It's a pole. Take the pole this way. Lower it to less than 20. Hanukkah that I lit. Okay? It's 20 on my height. Will it help me just to lower it? No. Because I bottom line had Laka Osam Mitzvah. Since I was Madlikit, in an area that was no good, lowering it doesn't help. I would have to extinguish it, lower it, relight it. So, there are too many words. You know what? Pesula. It's easy to say Pesula and not get involved with all the dinim. You know the dinim from the other dinim that you know had like or something. That's why I did not say Lashon. Let's just read the first Mishnah in the seventh Perik. We know we have two payments. Two, two different type of thieves. One type of thief pays kefil. What's kefil? Double. And there's another type of thief that pays four and five. What's four and five? He stole an ox, let's say. And after he stole the ox... Either he sold it or slaughtered it. Then already he has to pay five times. So there's sometimes kefil, and there's sometimes arba'ah, the hamisha. So the Gemara, the language of the Mishnah is mirubah. Mirubah means that uh, there are more laws that apply to kefil than to hamisha, arba'ah, the hamisha. Why? Shemidat tashtumek kefil noheget ben medavar sheyesh boru wachayim ben medavar sheyem boru wachayim. Very simple. Careful applies to everything. Whether you stole an animal or whether you stole an object. only applies to stealing a shore or a seh. So the four or five law is limited to shore or seh, where you stole it and slaughtered it or stole it and sold it. Mashaikin, careful, whatever you stole. I don't care what you stole, and you got caught, you're also going to have to pay. Careful. So that's Mirubah. Good. Last point in the Mishnah. Oh. 
We have a case of a gonev. Guy stole something. He gets caught, he pays kefil. Let's see, you have a gonev. The thief stole from the thief. So now the second guy does not have to pay kefil. The deen of kefil is only said by the first ganav. The she says dichtiv vegonev vegunav mebetaish velo mebetaganav. Only when it got stolen from the guy's house, then you pay kefil. But not when it got stolen from the thief. Vegunav mebetaish velo gonev mebet. Which means, the law of also is in the first ganav, number one. Guy stole something. He stole a sheep. How much does he have to pay right now? Two sheep. Stealing a sheep, you only pay two. Stealing a sheep, you only pay two. I stole the sheep, how much do I pay? No. So I didn't steal it. It's not, it's not worse than stealing anything else. After I stole it, I slaughtered it. Oh, now, now you have to pay four. It's only a combination of two avonot. Geneva v'tebiha. Or geneva, or mechiran, I sold it. However, if let's say, a guy was gonev a sheep, and then somebody else stole it from him, and slaughtered it, that guy does not pay arba'a It's only the first ganav. That pays Arba'av Amisha, but not Gonev, but not Ganav. I think Amara is going to quote, learn that from Pesukim.